Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Bob Varsha, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. The first race of the Formula One season is in the books for 2024. This is John Massengale in the studio in Austin, Texas, with my friend Jonathan Green, joined by my cohort Bob Varsha from his studio in Atlanta. And we should have Chris Medlin with us shortly, live from the Bahrain International Circuit. Uh, let me start with you, Mr. Green. We just watched Max Verstappen and Red Bull put on a clinic with a one-two fastest lap and uh, pole Reminded qualifying. me of a season uh, not that long ago. <laughs> um, oh, yes, last season. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Your memory is incredible. Thank you. Um, uh, yes, um, I mean, you know, I have to say, uh, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugar. Yeah, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't very exciting, was it? Uh, and it was rather predictable, and it was rather, uh, as uh, Rick Benjamin uh, on the BBC called it, ominous and foreboding. Yes. So, so we're yes. going to go to Mr. Varsha to pep us, give us a pep talk, right, Bob? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very exciting stuff. Uh, that was that was. Disappointing, to be honest. And yeah, minimum number of teams, five in the top 10, two cars per team. Um, and as I said in our pre-race show, you know, a, a few tenths of a second per lap and, and Verstappen just disappears. Uh, he did it with ease. You know, mm-hmm. he was supremely comfortable, never sounded stressed over the radio. Um, his teammate, uh, Sergio, came through with the second place. So he's looking much better. And note that we never saw Christian Horner on the pit wall, but we heard him congratulating his drivers. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume all is well there. We nearly had a two-by-two-by-two-by-two-by-two finish there if uh, Hamilton had been able to catch Lando Norris. So solid day for Mercedes, solid day for McLaren, solid day for Ferrari, but they're all still looking up at Red Bull and squabbling among themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a good start for both Perez and Sainz, uh, two guys that we're obviously mm-hmm. looking closely at. Um, they needed mm-hmm. that result. Perez needs to continue to at least um, play that role of of, of runner-up. I hate to say it, um, you know, because we don't like to talk about team orders, but the bottom line is that's Perez's job. 
uh, is to be ahead of sure. the rest. Yeah, and he did his job. Yeah. There, and there were some Absolutely. interesting things happening down. Uh, there was a nice little battle with uh, with Checo Perez. I mean, with uh, uh, Daniel Ricciardo and and Yuki Sonoda. That was an interesting little yeah. Team and radio. Uh, interesting why they why they forced him because they said he was quicker, but. Yuki didn't agree. Yeah. So. Have you ever seen a, a driver that was told to no, let his driver, that's, his, that's true. his his uh, teammate? But pass? I yeah. think they're going to be. I, to be honest, what really springs to mind is um, Williams not performing as I, th- I expected them to, and Haas and yeah. RB over uh, delivering on what I expected from them. Yeah, with uh, particularly yeah, with perhaps. Well, go ahead, Bob. Well, I was just going to say perhaps a more ominous sign. Uh, is that Verstappen um, lapped all the way up to the 11th place car yeah. in the field. Yeah. Uh, so that sets the stage for some some pretty boring races down the road, uh, I would say. Um, but again, you know, it, it's the beginning of a long season. The, uh, the R&D efforts and the upgrades will be coming um, swift and sure. And we'll see what people can do about this. Yeah, and Jonathan, you mentioned Williams. One of the reasons disappointing is because Logan Sargent had a steering wheel failure mm-hmm. and ended up, which in a, in a racing car is yeah, that's that's not, a problem. It's not a good thing. Everything. Is it? Yeah. Well, I, I did wonder it's why a, he went. You know, when he slammed on the brakes and just went straight through the corner, he literally sounds like he had didn't have old steering. So. Yeah, it, it, there wasn't a lot of mechanical issues except the ones we're talking out, like like a steering wheel, uh, a broken seat for Hamilton. And he said something about a, yeah. a battery issue as well. Yeah. But I well, think that's that the extent of all of them. Later on, he simply drained the battery down to 1%. Um, you know, Ted Kravitz reported from the pits on the Sky broadcast that he was told to just recharge the battery. It was fine. Not so Russell, who uh, who had some brake issues. Certainly, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Charles Leclerc, brake issues early on. And that was interesting. Um, it was reported that he was having different brake performance across the front axle, yeah. which is why he was locking up and locking up unusually, uh, you know, loaded wheels. He was locking up one wheel yeah. in a in a straight line well, as he tried to brake. It's like brake bias front to rear. Well, this was a problem with brake bias left to right. Left and right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, th- and that is unusual. That's You never hear about that. Not even on true. road cars. True, true. That's very unusual. Yeah. But- what else, guys? Uh, Lance Stroll on, finished in the points, a lot right behind his teammate. Well, given that, that he good. crashed in the first corner with Hulkenberg. Exactly, yeah. 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 Since he spun at turn one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and look, the Haas story, really, Magnussen finishing 12th and Hulkenberg finishing 16th after having to come back and swap a wing. Uh, I think that's maybe one of the most encouraging stories of the day. Just Hulkenberg's um, general form, um, especially in qualifying, was really impressive. Well, yeah, but that kind of where he picked up Picked off from last year too. Picked up, but uh, I mean, everything I've read does um, bode well that has seemingly, and and they proved it today, have sorted out their long problem with tire management for the race. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, looks like we have Chris Medland out at the Bahrain International Circuit. Mister Medland, what's going on out there? Uh, I've got a big sense of deja vu. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to work it out what year it is. Um, You're repeating the yeah, almost exactly the way we started the show. <laughs> yeah, oh, I tell you, it's crazy. Yeah, that would teach me to be late to the show again, but I was uh, <laughs> yeah having to run out into the paddock. It's um, 
Yeah, it was not the most thrilling evening, was it? So I'm going to go and see if anyone can offer us any hope uh, in this post-race show. Uh, yeah. Find some team members. There, there are going to be things we can cling on to or get excited about. I'm not actually that downbeat uh, in that sense. But yeah, it's just the normal scrums that are happening now. So all the TV crews getting their time with the drivers. Uh, and then I'm going to do my best uh, to doorstep them and get some walk and talks up and down the paddock to get some opinions after that opener. Well, Chris, I'll let you answer our very first text of the day. And the text reads, does Aston have cause for concern? I don't think so. <laughs> I will try and get to my crack. Uh, tell you what, that, that, that tells me where to go first. Let's head down to Aston Martin. Did somebody just, I don't think they do. I think if you look at where Aston Martin started last year. Uh, this is actually mm-hmm. a similar-ish position, a little bit further back than that compared to Red Bull. The difference being much stronger teams around them. You know, McLaren, Mercedes and Ferrari were all much weaker at this point of last season. So that's one of the things I actually think is a positive uh, from where we're at right now. We've got three teams there with better baselines to build from uh, to try and close that gap, at least as a little bit to Red Bull. Uh, but yeah, for Aston, it's they've done a solid job still, uh, just not just not quite enough to stay ahead of the rest uh, of that midfield group. They've slipped to the back of it. But I wouldn't say it's cause for concern yet. I, I, yeah, they'll be disappointed, I'm sure, but I don't think they'll be concerned. I, the reliability yeah, uh, down the field is is really impressive I, when you think I about it. I said it. We said it during, yeah. the, during the race. I was like, reliability now in Formula 1 is almost becoming uh, you know, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Well, but let's uh, I'd say underline that's... that point. Sean Kelly points out, this is the first time there were no retirements in the first Grand Prix of a season ever. Ever. In Formula wow. Ring. Okay. So we're not crazy. <laughs> Thank okay. you, Sean Kelly. No, not at all. I actually asked that very question as I left the media center. I said, that can't have happened many times. And I was going to say to you guys, I need to go back and research that. So thanks, Sean, for doing the research for me. But yeah, I mean, I actually think that's a, dare I say, a problem of modern day Formula One. I think we need reliability concerns because it adds a bit of jeopardy when you're watching a race yeah. that might get a bit processional, uh, when the gaps are spread out. If everyone's just doing a good job with their car, then everyone falls into pace order and brings it home. And it almost becomes like a glorified test session if you're not careful. So uh, I'd I'd miss that, I think, uh, about Formula One of the past, is that the fact that we were pushing limits so much, it did sometimes lead to bigger gaps in performance, but it came with a trade-off of, well, something can go wrong. All right, we're going to go to a caller, Kimberly in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to Speed City. Hey, guys. Nothing really, well, it's kind of a question, but also, like, something to note that I found odd was, like, Yuki Tsunoda having to switch places with Daniel Ricciardo, even though they weren't really fighting for points. So I I wanted to know what your thoughts were on, like, the strategy behind that. Great, Jonathan. Great question. And I, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you put you, you you put it well, which is they weren't fighting for points. So why in the first Grand Prix of the year do you allow the glamour boy to come through for no apparent reason? Uh, that, that To that, give us something to talk about? Well, more than that. But no, it is an odd one, isn't it? Um, and I don't think it sets a good precedent um, for the uh, V-Carb RB Visa Cash app car. Mm. Racing bulls, you forgot that part. I, yeah, I that's, uh, it's a good question, though, and I didn't understand. It did seem Just like be, Yuki I, was kind of like fighting for it, like, you know, to, t- to overtake, but it's like, well, no, forget forget about that. Let Daniel um, um, take the place in front of you, which I found odd, which I don't know. 
No, I, I, and to be honest, uh, you know, we've had team orders in Formula One for a long time, um, and and they usually it's fairly obvious why somebody is 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 asked to move over. But in this particular instance, I found it very odd. It wasn't as though there was a title on the line or a points position. Um, they should be well. Kimberly, Go ahead, Bob. Kimberly Go ahead. we got to go. We got to have a break. But Kimberly, thank you so much for calling in and listening. We appreciate both of that. We'll continue this discussion. Yes, Bob's we're going to take something. a quick break, and we'll yes. be back right after and- this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Our man on the ground going to try and get Kimberly the answer to our questions. Yes, we do have Chris Midland there, but uh, Chris is um, is checking out some interviews right now. But while we wait on Chris, Bob, you want to answer uh, Kimberly's question again? Right before the break, we said we well, do that. Well, I can't really answer it. We'll need to hear from Laurent McKees for that. But we need to keep in mind that just because you don't score points in Formula One doesn't mean that a non-scoring finish has no impact on your championship position. Because for later on, yeah. positions outside the points are ranked. 11th, 12th, 13th will put you ahead of a team on equal or no points Good point. that finished 16, 17, 18. So, you know, that 11th, 12th, 13th places are still worth fighting for in the big picture. Yeah, good point. Yeah, really good point. But the, the, bigger, the big picture was they were going to – I mean, the, the idea was that Ricardo was faster and that he could overtake Magnuson. That right. didn't happen. So that, I, that's why I'm with Yuki on this one. I just like to see. I mean, this is a really interesting battle because they, they're they're all battling for the Red Bull seat. Uh, you know, in the back of their heads, the drivers are for sure. And by the way, Sonoda has not got to drive either after this. If Honda disappear um, to McLaren, where's he going to go? He is. I have really warmed up to him. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's because he's so. And just and he's so different, right? He's, he's non-Japanese a, in a yeah, Japanese yeah, way. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
I really didn't think he was that close. Of course, we always hear, you know, if a guy, a disgruntled driver gets told to let his teammate, uh, he'll say, oh, you know, he's going slowly. He's getting out of the way. Back in my taxi driving days, I used to refer to a long car. That's when the dispatcher would say, okay, I need a cab at this location. And a guy who we all knew was 15 miles away said, oh, I'm right there. I'll get I'll, I'll pick it up. <laughs> that's, you know, that's to pick up a fare. We used to call that driving a long car. Bob, sometimes the chilling driver in a uh, team switch situation will be saying, oh, you're slow. I, I got to go by, you know, and you're way behind him on the track. I kind of thought Sonoda was too far behind Ricardo to be complaining when he did. Okay. Bob, you've been a lawyer. You've been a television host. And, and, a, and a, a taxi, taxi driver. driver? Yeah, that was when the lawyering was, wasn't driver. going well. <laughs> Waiter. I flipped garbage cans in high school. Let's see. What else? Uh, hey, Chris, I, uh, I hear your microphone. What's happening out there? Yeah, I'm just still hanging around at uh, VCARB. RB, uh, waiting to see if we can speak to the team principal, Lauren Meckes. Uh He's actually in conversation now, I think, um, with uh, potentially a team partner and maybe explaining exactly what I'm going to start asking him about. So, uh, unfortunately, I can't quite uh, butt in. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to just see if he's willing to talk. But he's been very good to us uh, in the past, actually, when he hasn't been too busy. So, yeah. Chris, while I we're waiting, why don't we just check. remind people who Lauren Meckes is and why he is where he is and where he came from. Who, what, so, where and why? So Lauren is now the team principal at Visa Cash App RB. Uh, he was at Ferrari uh, as the deputy team principal, but prior to that, he had a stint at the FIA. And prior to that, he was at this very team, Visa Cash App RB, when it was known as Toro Rosso and even Minardi. So do you ah. remember when Mark Webber finished in the points in Australia Fifth place on his debut for Minardi. That would have been 2001, yes, I, I do to say. Um, well, when that happened, uh, this is a history lesson. I feel like an old man. Uh, <laughs> but when that happened, Laurent Mekiers was one of the uh, engine engineers for uh, that team. So he was working on Mark Webber's car. So cool. that's how far back he goes with this team. I remember All right, well, we're well. waiting on Chris to get Laurent Mekiers. We got Tom in Lincoln, Nebraska. Hey, Tom, how's, how's it going? What did you think of the race? Oh, it was all right. Kind of like you thought. Uh, appreciate the time. Love the show. Wanted to know what your guys' thoughts on. It looked like Daniel Ricardo was a little bit quicker than Yuki, but then got lapped by Max. Didn't know if you had any insight as to how that affected. I mean, I, it, it, it depressed me. <laughs> I can tell you that. Watching Max lap him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, yeah. no, I don't think it had that. Didn't have an effect on on the outcome of uh, of what they were trying to do. Because as Bob pointed out, that those positions are still valuable regardless of who laps who. Um, but in in the count back to the end of the season, Bob. Well, during the broadcast, <clears throat> excuse me, Martin Brundle said, you know, they had they made the switch. Max was right there hoping to lap them. They slowed to let him by graciously. And uh, Martin Brundle seemed to think that's what caused them to lose critical ah, okay. contact with Magnuson's car up ahead. And they were never able to recover from that. That may be over dramatizing it, but that's what a, a, you know, a veteran driver thought of the situation. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for tuning in. Chris is still out there. Just checking on him and nothing there. Chris, uh, any update yet? Um, I'm gesturing because I'll be offered a chance to speak to a team boss, which is lovely. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys guess. We, we have a few 
when I say favourites, people that are very kind to give us lots of time on this show. James Vowles. Uh, and we like to... It's not James Vowles, no, but I was going to say we like to get I'll take an e. voice if we can as well. Oh. Zach! So Zach it, Brown. Is, it is Zach Brown. He's just uh, doing a bit of a debrief and then I'm going to jump in uh, and get his reaction to it. It's quite funny watching how many team members just stand around just chatting to each other going like, yeah, what did you think? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just always think with Formula 1 it would be to the minute from the second the flag drops that they'd have things to do, but... There seems to be a window if you have a clean race like this where they can just take their time. So Andrea Stella is just off to my right as well, uh, explaining things to uh, a couple of partners, I think. Uh, and then Zach is just running through, I think, uh, why McLaren approached the race the way they did, actually, chatting to a, an engineer here. So um, I am going to get him in a second, I promise. <laughs> and you don't have to listen to my voice filling for too much longer. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, yeah, I've just been asking for a live, so I think they're going to pull him over here. Here we go. We're going to be demanding. Brilliant. <laughs> Zach, thanks for coming over. Sorry to be so demanding, but yeah, we're live across North America, and North America wants to hear from you. So how do you think today went in terms of where your expectations were for McLaren? Both cars solidly in the points. I think it uh, turned out to be what we uh, thought it would be after testing, which you're never quite sure, but, uh, you know, summary, Max in particular, in a, in a different league once again. Uh, Ferrari, a, a kind of a step ahead. A battle with Merck, uh, ourselves, and Aston. I think we confirmed the the battle with Merck. I think Aston didn't quite show the pace that we thought they would over the race distance, but it's one race. Um, but that was kind of what we expected it to be. So to get two cars in the points, bring them home, is a good way to start the season, especially if we look back uh, 12 months. I want to get onto that in a sec, but I'll just focus on today's race first. And Lando, closing in at the end there towards George, uh, in that fight for fifth. Did he think that was on the cards if he executed everything perfectly or was that just a case of kind of just running out of time? Yeah, I think we just ran out of time. You're never quite sure. I think George was uh, managing some fuel issues as, as well. We we picked up on the uh, radio. So I think it was, it was very close. You know, he'd kind of get within one and a half seconds and then lose, uh, I think it was maybe in the last corner, a couple, couple tenths. So it was like right as you thought he'd get in the DRS, he'd get back a couple tenths. So... Um, I think it ran out of time, uh, but it was close, right? It was, it was you know, one and a half uh, seconds, and, and Oscar drove a great race. So uh, bring on Saudi. Well, certainly, because that was not the case a year ago, was it? Let's be honest. McLaren really struggling 12 months ago, and, and you had a lot of work to do, and you did brilliantly during the season to get back up. I remember us doing an interview here, and you saying, I want to end the season as the fourth quickest team, but we might give ourselves too much to do points-wise. Well, you achieved that then. To start from this platform now, how encouraged are you and confident that you can be fighting for podiums and maybe even maybe the top step or has Max shown you something that maybe not this year? I think Max has shown once again that unless he uh, trips on a slips on a banana peel, it'll be tough to beat. But uh, no one else looked out of reach uh, over the course of a year and, you know, development that we know we have coming, but we also know everyone else has development coming. But no, I definitely feel like this is a great way to start the year. Uh, podiums and a uh, top step. If something happens, it's pretty hard to be invincible for 24 races. Uh, so let's see. Well, finally, marketing hat on because obviously you came from a great marketing background. Seeing the the guy that's won the last three titles and everyone hoping the grid had form and get closer, going and winning by over 20 seconds and looking pretty comfortable out front at the first race of the season. Should Formula 1 be worried or do you think we're going to have a, more excitement this year? Oh, I think uh, I think we'll definitely have a lot of excitement. I think, um, you know, let's not say Max is going to win yet, but if I had to go put some, uh, some money down at Vegas, I know who I'd bet on to be winning the championship. I don't think you'd be alone with that, but thank you for that honest assessment. Thanks, Chris. Good work. Hey, Chris, can I ask a question quickly for Zach? 
Uh, you can try, actually. Bob Varsha wants to throw a question your way, Zach, so I'm going to have to relay it to you because you can't hear him. But, Bob, go ahead. We know Zach owns and drives some pretty hairy race cars. <laughs> Um, and I know that everybody up and down the pit lane in Formula One analyzes not only what they do, but what everybody else does. Racer to racer, what is it that he thinks Max Verstappen does in the race car that makes him superior? You're going to like this, sack because Bob, yeah, but Bob is praising your driving skills. He says you own some pretty hairy race cars. You know how to, how to pedal some, some pretty tough machinery. Uh, and all the teams look at what everyone's doing and analyzing them. What is it that you think, or that the team thinks, gives Max the ability to go and get so much more out of his machinery than anyone else. I mean, his talent is clearly immense. He's at one with the car. He's at one with the team. And he's clearly a massive talent. So, uh, you know, it's hard when you don't have a teammate that's quite at the same level or see him in another car. But it's pretty hard uh, not to say at this point that uh, he's the class of the field and um, just not making any mistakes. I think that's the impressive part. Um because who knows? I think he won by was 22 seconds. Could have been 32 seconds. Who knows if he was 10 tenths the whole time, which is how he tends to drive, or if he was cruising around at eight tenths. But uh, we'll find that out when someone puts a little bit of pressure on him at some point. How about that? He was saying you're a racing driver. What's this Max Verstappen kick got that you haven't? I, I totally agree. I'd like to see him in one of my cars where you have to shift and use a clutch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that happen. That's our that's our our plan for this year. We're going to make that happen. But thank you very much, Zach. Oh, that was nice of Zach. Great, to give us great all question, that time. Bob. Good, I like good, it. Yeah, nice, Bob. <laughs> Working with guys like <clears throat> Derek Daly and David Hobbs and Sam Posey, especially they, as ex-drivers, they look at what other drivers are doing, and they can tell you just by looking. Yeah. And Sam was of the opinion that Sebastian Vettel, in his heyday, had a clear advantage over everybody else because he would get on the throttle quicker than anybody else. You know, he could he had the car he wanted in terms of traction, front and rear, and he would go to full throttle. Sometimes even, you know, well before the apex, knowing he could control what the car is going to do on the way out. And so he had a car length or more on everybody just by virtue of that particular skill behind the wheel. Other guys, you know, whether it's left foot braking or, you know, whatever it might happen to be. But Sam thought it was uh, Vettel's ability to get on the throttle sooner than anybody else. And that's kind of what I was thinking about when I watched Max Verstappen. What is he doing? Yeah, it's you said it, Jonathan. You said the same thing during the race. Mm. You said same thing that Zach just said. He doesn't make mistakes right now. Yeah. It, it was like Hamilton yeah. was when he had the car and the team. They were all one, like like Zach was saying. And he just not, doesn't make mistakes at all right now. Guys, uh, look at the clock. we got to take a quick break. We'll continue the discussion back after these messages. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I hope Ginny Gow is doing well. Yes, I do too. I hope she comes back. All right, so we're still... Although I do like Rosanna Tennant. Yeah, she's good. great. She's great. Okay. I want to get her on the show. Yeah, we should. We should. Um, we've had Ginny on the show, but we need to get Rosanna. Yep. Yep. Uh, Chris Metal is still out there with his microphone. He's down. You guys taking me out of a job? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair. Uh, <laughs> fair, he says fair. Fair, fair enough. Fair. So, uh, what else, what other stories have we missed, um, Greeny? What we miss? What we miss? Just looking at the finishing order here. Um, well, um, the big story is unless Max Verstappen slips on a banana peel, according to um, Zach? Zach Brown, uh, we're all in trouble. Yeah, uh, that was the big takeaway. Well, this just in: record orders of bananas for the yep. upcoming races from <laughs> the Formula One paddock. Yep. Oh, the, fire, the fireworks were good. There are some there are some uplifting points that uh, that Statman makes. Um, I mentioned no retirements in the first race of a Formula One season ever. Magnussen gets his best result since scoring a point in Singapore eight races ago for wow. Haas. Okay, yeah, okay, that's All good. Right. Uh, Aston Martin score with both cars in Bahrain for the second straight year. Piastri uh, yeah. scored as many points in this race as he did in the first five races of last year. I mean, as a talking um, point, I'd really like to talk about Piastri versus uh, Lando um, because I think that's uh-huh. going to be one of the mo- more intriguing battles of the year. And I'm still stunned um, by Piastri's elevation so quickly to being an equal, if not sometimes better than Lando. Um, pretty, pretty impressive. He had a year off, remember? Yeah. And and didn't do anything. Now, admittedly, he was incredibly, he was kind of like the uh, Kimi Antonelli of a few years ago. Everybody right. was talking about him. But this is this begs my next question, which is what happens to Drogovic, for example? You know, these guys are coming through, and if they get a chance to shine like Sargent has and like, um, you know, uh, it, it just does, what I'm getting at is Piastri, you know, it, are, are we hiding you know, some really, really talented drivers by not giving them a chance. What could Lawson be doing? What could Drogovic be doing? I don't know. Mm. Right, I, I think one thing just to say on that is, you is that, you oh, sorry, I was going to say that you've got to think that the best ones do get that chance. You know, they almost force their way into it. So mm-hmm. Piastri couldn't be ignored by even other teams, and that's why he ended up as a tug-of-war between Alpine and McLaren. And I think when another driver shows shows that level, mm-hmm. they will get stuck in and, and make sure they get a seat on the grid. I think what yeah, we should- it was said that uh, the reason Toto Wolff only signed Lewis to a, a short what two or three year contract because he didn't want Kimi Antonelli to get snatched away. Antonelli, the 17 year old star um, who didn't have a glittering weekend in F2, we should point out. Yeah. But congratulations to our buddy Jack Crawford. Yeah. who came through, took pole and second place. In the sprint race, the first of the two Formula 2 races this weekend in Bahrain, 
uh, and sadly retired from the second race. But he's off to a good start. Really good start. But hey, I want to talk about a couple of tweets. One was Scott McLaughlin, McLaughlin, IndyCar driver. He says, yeah, why wouldn't you want two extra cars on the grid? Andretti reference there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll let you guys let that machinate inside your head. Um, did you see, there's a tweet by the race. They said, unseen by F1's TV feed, the Red Bull drivers almost collided uh, on the cooldown lap. Sonoda, frustrated by the late race team order, dived into the inside of Ricardo at turn eight, and the two almost collided on the exit. Oh, I didn't see And that. then Ricardo's uh, team radio says, what the F, I'll save it. He's a effing helmet. Referring to his teammate. So there's a little bit of... Who, who said that? That was Ricardo on Sonoda's cooldown lap overtake. Okay. He's a helmet. He's a helmet, which I guess is a, uh, yeah, yeah, a derogatory... Knucklehead. Knucklehead, yeah. Yes, yes. Definitely an offensive term, yes. yes. He's a helmet. Bonehead, bird brain, whatever you want to call it. It's a bell end. Mm, yeah. Um, it might be a bit more explicit, I'm afraid, to do with uh, the male anatomy. Ah, okay. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, I didn't. Well, you're not Come there. On, Come on, man. <laughs> Apologies, everyone else. I'm serious. Sorry, well, America women have Canada. heads. Too. I'm not joking. Men and women both have heads. That's not, you know, <laughs> yeah. a Never surprise. Completely Look, got off the rails. Guys, this, this tittle tattle is good, but we really should be talking about the amazing effect the one lap DRS had. I'm sorry, say that again? The one-lap oh. DRS. Now we've taken yeah, it. they went from two laps to yeah. one. So you, yes. you can see the results DRS. have been stunning. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. John, well, John's really on his phone, so. Like sorry. This, the field's bunched up. Everybody is within one second of everybody else. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it does make things a little more frantic as people try to open up a one-second gap so the guy behind can't use DRS on him. Yeah. Well... Yes, I, um, I'm just looking at some of the responses on, on the social media right now about the race. It's, and yeah, there's some of them are not, not pretty, but come on, share. No, they're just saying, Hey, look, what's, you know, what, what Yuki are, got a bit hot headed and sort of ran into Danny Ricardo on the cooldown. Like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, people are saying, you know, the, yeah, you know, this is, we're just having a repeat of 2023, but look, it's too early to call all that. Right. It's too, all, too early. Oh, way too early. Yeah. Uh, what else, guys? Let's see here. Um, Alonso finishing ninth. We touched on Lance Stroll. Um, yeah, that that was a disappointment for mm-hmm. me. Is that Aston Martin faded yeah. when 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 really when you watch that qualifying laps um, again uh, yesterday? Yeah, mm-hmm. they really look good. Yeah, man. After qualifying and in the race, he he spoke to his team on the radio and said something along the lines of. You know, that's okay. He lost positions from the start, fell back inside the top 10, said, that's okay. It's a long race. Uh, We'll let them wear themselves out. We'll get them. Uh, And then, of course, he basically didn't. So I'd like to know from Fernando what exactly, you know, happened as his car evolved during the race. One one question mark does uh, glaringly stand out, though, is what's going to happen at Alpine? I mean, I know it's the first race and there's a long way to go, but Mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't bode well. That I don't think they're hitting the ground running in any way, shape, or form. That is a huge team disappointment. And as I mentioned on the pre-race show, people are putting it down to too many folks in the uh, in the big office tower, and whether it's in Enstone or in Viry or in Paris or wherever, thinking they're all knowledgeable about racing and not letting their racing people handle what goes on so, in the factory and and on the track. Is the is the team principal? Famine. Bruno Famine? Yeah. 
Well, that's a question for Chris. I believe that's he his is, title. Yes, he is. And yeah, is he, he a racing man? Originally, and then said he's going to stay on. So he's the team principal, almost self-appointed. But he said, unless his bosses tell them or tell him they want him to appoint someone else, then that's going to be his job. And is he a racing man historically? He, well, he was part of, um, already part of Alpine as the vice president of Alpine Motorsports, I believe. So he had like a bigger role okay. across multiple uh, avenues. So, um, yeah, I think that was one where it wasn't uh, meant to be full time. And then they felt that, I don't know, maybe they thought it was a bigger job that needed doing and that he could take charge of that. But yeah, he's, uh, he's going to continue as the team principal. We've got a caller, but I want to ask you about Haas in the same, same vein. Well, that's what the caller's calling about. Hey! Because it's Drew, and Drew is uh, quite vocal about the Haas team, and I love that. Drew, welcome to welcome to the show, buddy. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Congrats on another season. Great show. Looking forward to listening the whole season. Thank you, thank you. Um, just wanted to say, bright spot for Haas. They no one really talked about it, but we didn't mm-hmm. see that... Didn't see the tire deck this year. They kind of kept the yeah yeah. Your little one was excited by that one. I can I can tell. <laughs> I got her in a Haas onesie actually. Ah, that's <laughs> well, as soon as you photo? said Haas, she went, she leapt out and where's, went screamed. Where's the tweet with the photo? Yeah, let's hear. Uh, let's see uh, it. I'll I'll dig it up once we stop driving. But um, <laughs> anyway, carry on. I was, I just know it's really you know it's nice to see a, a spike you know, that bright spot. We saw the one, two, three laps, and then suddenly they fall off. But they had very consistent pace, even in both cars. Those lap times stayed the same. So, um, for once, I don't have to be too, too negative. So, you know what? great job, guys. I'll hang up and listen. Okay, Drew. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Drew a lot of credit. Thanks, Drew. Go take care of the kids and hands on the wheel. Drew was, yeah. uh, Drew was one of the first. He started calling for a new team principal pretty early days. Okay. Uh, at least at, at least a, two years ago. That's right, uh, to get rid of Gunter. Yeah, he just yeah, was no, like... He, he, I do remember this, he was man. He was saying, look, he's had his shot, and yep. we're not getting there. And whatever that meant, right? Whatever, yeah. if, if it took Gunther to leave to just to shake it up, or if it took Gunther to leave to make Gene go, all right, I really am going to spend some money, or or let's face it, let's Io has, has um, produced results in his first race. Yep. so And he gets all the credit because the buck stops there. Yep, So I agree. Uh, let's see what else. We do have the Crawford interview, but uh, it, let's see how long it's. It's a, about five minutes, so we're going to wait till after the break. So we have yeah, yeah, Jack good Crawford, call. who's an American, who I think he was born in Florida, raised in Texas, yep. and is racing in Formula Two back this year. So we'll hear and, from him and lots, lots of good stories about him. We'll talk more. We need to, we need to, we need to talk more about he and Carrera uh, together in Dams. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. What is your take on Kamatsu? Uh, at the top of Haas, um, that interview that you we, that we ran at the top of the show was really positive, I thought, um, and it just seems like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I do. I think it's just been a, a reset that that team needed, actually. I think, you know, without uh, criticising what Gunther was doing, sometimes you just need a, a fresh set of eyes on something and a, a new mm. approach just to see if it changes anything. And at the very least, I think that the reaction from the team has been positive. I think they've really taken... Uh, to having AO in charge and kind of they've backed him so far they've they've seen probably results with the approach or they're happy to see a different approach uh, but the big big task for past this year is going to be improving that car through the season that's something they couldn't do last year mm-hmm. uh, and a slight slight word of warning was that here I believe points were scored in the first race last year so those issues they were having didn't rear its head here um, right. certainly early on they picked up some points didn't they they had some better race pace so uh, that's one where I feel like uh, we've just got to be careful not to get too carried away. Uh, so, uh, 
waffling on for so long has paid off because Fred has <laughs> gla- uh, gladly, um, kindly joined me. I don't think he's gladly he's putting up with me. But uh, Fred, you kicked <laughs> off the season with and he spit out his water for me making that joke. Um, you kicked off the season with a podium uh, and you looked pretty competitive against Perez, the second Red Bull. Was the gap to Max kind of what you were expecting? Why well, I didn't expect something before the race. I was uh, focused on myself and to try to do the best. The uh, situation is that yesterday we were able to fight for the pole position. The pace was there. Today, uh, Carlos did a very strong job and he's matching with uh, with uh, Checo. Uh, on Charles, it was more, more difficult. We had the big issue with the brakes, the first 20 lap of the race. He lost the pass of the of the first hint and he was able, when the brakes were uh, switching on, that he was able to come back to have a decent pace and at the end to to score the points of P4 and this kind of conditions and situation, I think it's a, a good result. Uh, it's an important point for him, for the team, for the to start the championship on the right foot and uh, I'm quite pleased with this. Do you feel you've continued the momentum you had from the second half of last season because you kind of emerged as the second strongest team then and, and you've certainly started that here too? Yeah, but we have to pay attention that uh, Bahrain is a bit different with its three days of testing. The tarmac is very aggressive. Next week, it will be a different story and uh, uh, we don't have to draw a conclusion uh, too early. That, uh, uh, be. He's fighting with Red Bull uh, personnel right now. <laughs> no, no, we have to pay attention that Jeddah will be a different story and not to draw a conclusion after uh, one, one, one race. We have still 23 to go, but it's at least it's a, a decent start. And people are already worried that we're going to get a repeat at 2023. Max is going to go and win pretty much every race. From your position with what you're doing with Ferrari, the momentum you're building, the progress you're making, are you hopeful that that won't be the case? But, uh, I'm not thinking about this. I'm thinking about how we can do a better job tomorrow, how we can improve the situation for Jeddah. We had exactly this approach last year and it paid off at the end because that we were able to, to catch up. It means that uh, we are starting in a better shape than 12 months ago. Uh, but uh, uh, let's let's have the same approach as uh, as last year. Great stuff, Fred. Thank you very much. Nice, nicely, nice. nicely said. Um, yeah. That really does sum up the Ferrari position. I think brilliantly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Chris. Great. Thank yeah. you. Let's get this quick break in, and we got a caller holding. Eric, hold on to the phone, and we'll get to you after the break. You listen to Speed City F1. Back after these. This is Jay Leno from jaylenosgarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Leno, for bringing us back. Hope you're safe these days. Haven't heard anything about a fire or a motorcycle crash in about a year now, so hopefully he's all good. Uh, We have Eric. He's calling from Ohio, and it's his first year into F1. He's a Netflix Netflix convert. Uh, Eric, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, thank you so much, guys. First-time listener. First time watching Formula One, and, and basically because my son and I were enthralled by the Netflix documentary, um, which we, we binge-watched from start to finish, basically. Ah. And I was just curious if you, if you know how, how that series or, or how Netflix impacted F1 as far as viewership and, I don't, and watching and so on. I, I don't know if it's affected it at all, Eric. Uh, <laughs> actually, Eric, you, I, I, love your, on. I love your, ru- your rookie take on this because – 
The Netflix series has been probably it's, the most successful of anything of its kind. It's been worth billions. And let me tell you, me, wow. and, me and Bob Varsha have been banging this drum to try to attract Formula One to uh, America for some 30 years. And uh, <laughs> oh. there's no question, if we'd have known that Netflix was around the corner, we, we may not have pushed as hard as we did to try to get it, everybody excited. But to be honest, it has basically move the needle for American fans. Well, here's... Oh, actually, if I could simply say this, I've been into racing forever. I mean, I was a huge Montoya fan back in there the cup days, and um, never even considered F1 until the documentary. Interesting. Wow. It? Well, so you're, yeah. you are in the middle of one of the complaints about Formula One. Look, and it's... It's the fact that when we get into these, these uh, what do you call it, eras. Eras where, of domination. Yeah, yeah. Where, where a car is dominant like right now, like the Red Bull car. Is this bothering you right now? It does not. I mean, they're so close. I mean, it's you've got crashes. You've got, and, and I think the big thing what Netflix did, where, where they did a heck of a job, was with the personality of the drivers. Yeah. Um, because I mean, that's what—that's really what pulls people in. I mean, in anything, you know, any given day, anything can happen. I guess, but no, it—the it, dominance doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, and you know, like the story we're talking about, Ricardo and Sonoda. You know, everybody's got a, an internal story uh, sure. within the team, whether it be Gasly not liking Ocon. Uh, clearly, we got another one here. Alonso is always a very charismatic and disruptive. Uh, Dude, uh, you've got Gunter in out. There's so, there's so much intrigue. There's so much going on in Formula One. Mm. Without question. Well, I appreciate you guys taking my call. All Not right. at all. Keep shooting in. Thanks, Eric. We appreciate it. TV ratings rose by 25% for, per year wow. from, from 2018 to 2022. Last year was flat because I, I think it's pretty obvious because of Max Verstappen's dominance. It'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, Bob Varsha. Well, especially, you know, imitations, the sincerest form of flattery, NASCAR yeah. yep. and IndyCar both have projects out there right now along the lines of Drive to Survive. Has no anybody seen the NASCAR it. one? Apparently it's pretty good. I haven't yeah, seen I heard it yet. I, everybody I've talked to says it's really good. I haven't seen it yet. Is it yeah. Netflix? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to yep. check it out. Okay, as promised... Chris Mellon caught up with American Formula 2 driver Jack Crawford. Jack is uh, just signed to back up for another season in Formula 2. So let's hear from him now. So, Jack, thanks very much for joining us at the end of your Bahrain Grand Prix weekend. I know you're going to watch the Formula 1 race now, but from a Formula 2 perspective, it started well. You got a trophy on day one. And today in the feature race, it looked like maybe another trophy was on the cards and it all went away with a technical issue. What, what happened at your pit stop? Yeah, so we had a, a, a roll bearing uh, issue on, with the clutch. So basically my clutch failed on the start. And it was doomed to, from the beginning, from when I was going to make a pit stop, I needed to pull the clutch. And yeah, the clutch wasn't there. So um, yeah, we had, we were, it happened at the very start. So I launched and it failed. So I was, I was destined uh, from the beginning to retire from the race. And um, it was affecting quite a lot the straight line speed as well. So I could feel that. So we were a bit off the pace because of that. But still, we were, we were still looking on for uh, probably a, a podium result, which was, which was strong. So, well, Did you know then that when you came into the pits it was going to happen? Or did the team tell you when it happened, if that makes sense? No, I, I wasn't entirely sure because on my, on my start, I had a really good launch. But then all of a sudden, I felt this huge... Uh, sort of bump on the rear and I, it felt like the rears had locked up on the start and I lost a bit of time I was a bit confused so I had a bit of doubt 
going into it and then um, yeah there was no warning I, I pulled into the pits and nothing that it just just was not there so well, it's such a frustrating end to the weekend but the positives were as you say the pace during today's race was great but also podium yesterday as well so kind of apart from the disappointment I'm sure you're feeling right now how do you reflect on how well your first season first race weekend with dance has gone yeah, it's gone really well. Uh, we, we we struggled in qualifying. We didn't put everything together, um, whether it was from my side or the team side. So we still ended P10, which is a miracle considering all the issues we had. We had a hydraulic failure. I had a spin on the first run. And so it was a big, a big mess um, in qualifying. And as well, we missed some pace compared to the test. Uh, but we know, at least we know what to improve for qualifying. And then, you know, the race pace was there. We missed a bit to Maloney in the sprint yesterday. But I think we made good changes for today, but obviously we weren't able to show that because I was down about 10, 10 kph in straight line speed. So um, it was a bit uh, unfortunate. But, um, you know, going ahead to, to Saudi, you know, we still have the new car. I'm still, you know, it's very early in the season. And although it's nice to gain points quite early on in the season, it, w- it was good to... I'm still, I think I'm six in the championship with just my eight points yesterday. So it's a long season and, um, you know, we've only driven Bahrain and Barcelona in this new car. So we come to a new track for the car and I think uh, I think the team is going to do a good job on giving me a car for Jeddah. Oh, yeah, and a very long season you mentioned. It is also a lot of travel. You've got Jeddah next and then Australia is uh, the next round after that. But what are your targets for this second season in Formula 2? And you have made the move to Dam, so a new team to try and achieve those targets with. Yeah, I think the the targets are, are a bit more clear now after testing in the race. I think we, we can fight to be in the top three and fight for the championship. Obviously, um, you know, it's a long season and the, the teams will learn a lot and um, you know, we might have some up and down weekends, but you know, um, I think we can uh, can have a really good season. I think this weekend shows um, that we can fight at the front consistently in every race, and I think as well, you know, what we found with the car applies to all tracks, so it's not just a, a one track wonder kind of thing. So. Well, let's also talk about another exciting development for you this year. You stood here uh, as we talk in a lovely green hoodie uh, that carries the emblem of the Aston Martin Aramco Formula One team. So you've moved Formula One programs. Uh, what's it like being part of Aston Martin? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been great so far. Everyone's really nice and lovely. And, you know, they came and came and visited me on the podium yesterday, some of the, the guys and girls. So it was, it was really cool to, to see that. And, um, you know, I haven't been with them for very long, but it's been very productive and very, very fun so far. So I've, I've enjoyed my time. Are you going to be watching the race with them here in the garage as well? Is that the aim? Yeah, that's the aim. That's the aim. Well, that sounds cool, but I bet you'd rather be driving a car. So will there be any testing of older cars this year? Is that on the cards for you? Yeah, I have already two, two test days planned, um, sort of middle of the year. So um, I will drive the car at some point. So that's, that's something very, I'm very excited for, and that's something I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to. So The net training ramping up already? Sorry? It's the neck training ramping up already. Oh, yeah. The neck training has been going up and up and up every every single time. So, oh, Awesome. Thank you very much for giving us your time. Uh, enjoy the race today and good luck to you and your new team. All right. Thanks. That would be worth the price of admission no matter what happens in his career. He gets to drive a Formula One car. It may, it may be a generation or two old, but still. Doesn't matter. Um, Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited and, for you Jack. Know, we, a, we, we good, must. Nice we're going to stay on this story because Jack is definitely the brightest hope um, I would argue uh, to get to Formula One uh, yeah. for the for the USA uh, as the next guy to make it. Yeah.
man, can you imagine? He, he would also get to drive a current generation car, but it'll be the 2022 car because you can only drive something that's two years old. Yeah, so sorry. The, yeah. The ground effect cars. So that's that's cool for him. That's huge. Yeah, yeah I misspoke. Mm-hmm. You're right. Not just, you know, current year, but current generation. I mean, that's huge, huge. Imagine the difference in driving one of those downforce cars compared to uh, anything else he's driven for sure. Uh, here's a really good comment on uh, YouTube. Woodsource says, Merck makes sense for signs. It would be informative about where Toto and the Merck leadership, his head is at. Will they feel diminished by taking on driving this release by Ferrari? I don't know about that part of it, but I, I just, I'd like the idea of talking about, you know, that that was the obvious, right? A direct swap at, for Hamilton and signs, Mercedes and Ferrari. But, and and uh, Carlos Sainz was going after it for today with, uh, with his performance and his aggressiveness. But, Greeny, what do you think about that? As exact what is ex- his aggressiveness or not? No, just the just the idea of of does Merck make sense for science? I I, th- I really do. I agree with Chris on that one. Um, it does make sense, uh, and and they've got to be careful. I don't think. I mean, Russell Russell is now leading in this team. You've got to kind of put Hamilton aside, right? So the team leader is Russell. That's their next world champion. That's the way you got to think about this. So how, if that is the case, because I don't believe that Alonso would be a good move at all. Yeah. Um, so the question is, do you bring a kid like um, Kimi Antonelli in, in, or do you complement him with a solid pair of hands, a Perez-like person, and science is that. So, And also, yeah. you've, you've got to think, constructors is just as important to Toto and and so unlike Perez, he wants somebody like Sainz who is going to be pushing um, at least. I mean, you think about it. That's a hell of a pairing, uh, yeah. those two. Yeah. And if you're thinking about the world title, then yeah, that is the right choice. Yeah. And look, we'll see how Mercedes looks as the year goes on too. We've got plenty of time for them to work on their car. Chris, it sounds awfully quiet in Bahrain. Yeah, it's gone quiet now. Everyone's kind of packing up get things to Jeddah, but uh, shipping out a lot of them. And uh, there's some music going on the other side of Grandstand, but it does seem to have died down a little bit at the moment. Uh, a lot of debriefs going on. I was hanging around a lot still at uh, the Carb or RB, uh, because I really do want to get the bottom of what's gone on there with Yuki Tsunoda and Daniel Ricciardo. Now, it sounds like um, like Lauren Mekies is really having to fight a fire there. But there's a lot going on. Um, as I said about uh, Sonoda's manager maybe being upset, but as you guys have alluded to, there's this footage of the final lap that is pretty damning towards Sonoda. That's um, that's something that you really don't want to be doing. Uh, and from the Ricardo camp, they're kind of like, well, that was massively unexpected, um, mm-hmm. but also massively dangerous and does need kind of ironing out. They're like, you know, we can't have the risk of the cars getting damaged there. Uh, and you know, if the, if contact had been made, the two cars had been damaged. I imagine we'd be seeing Liam Lawson driving for the Carb next weekend. In wow! Uh, because that's that's. Yeah. I mean, well, you would, wouldn't you? I mean, he's proven he can do what it you got to do. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's um, that's really so, all you can do is sit the guy. And so, if this yeah, continues, uh, yeah, having seen the imagery now, it's bad, isn't it? So uh, it is. I think that's you know, uh, Mekias hasn't emerged yet. So uh, and Helmut Marco wouldn't wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem at all. Yeah, Helmut Marco. That's his favorite thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Swap a driver. I don't think their their former boss Franz Tost wouldn't stand for it either. No, nope. he's uh, he's right cut from the Helmut Marco mold. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny though that the, the the big strength of Yuki in recent years uh, that people have been talking about has been the way he's become calmer behind the wheel. Yeah, the way everything's kind of chilled out, um, and the fact that now. Uh, we've had the first race and after the race 
he's shown that sort yeah. of after the race yeah. lack of control of his emotions yeah um, and why take it out on Ricardo it, like it's not really Ricardo's fault is it mm. no and the feedback I've had is that uh, Yuki was actually told two laps earlier than that to move over to swap the positions and we heard the team radio where it's like you're kidding me now um, and I, I think I, I do kind of understand that point of view for him but uh, with the tyre difference that they had uh, it was the time to try something for, for the team Mm-hmm. But um, he, he delayed a couple of laps and they're saying, look, if you've got uh, the soft tires and you're trying to get a little bit um, of the advantage from that. And then suddenly, you know, the, the driver head doesn't move over and you're in a dirty air for a bit longer and you're having to basically not use them at the time you want to use them. Then that's damaging to your chances, too. So do you think they yeah, could think have caught Magnussen a, had they think, done what they were supposed to do? Certainly, potentially. Yeah, he'd have the would have had a better chance, I think is the point. Uh, but it's fine margins, isn't it? It's, it's small hypothetical things. But yeah, I think you would have had a better better shot at it. All right, we're out of time, everybody. And Chris just said, uh, wheel to wheel, our midweek show. Look it up. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com to find out how to listen to that and everything else we do. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Talk to you next week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 